Today, we're talking about the highly requested episode on how to split finances in a relationship. I am your podcast host, Mickey, and this is my co-host, Kevin. The way that this episode is going to go, we're going to tell you guys a little bit about how we split our finances and our kind of dynamic and situation. And then we'll also jump into a lot of questions that you all submitted on Instagram stories. If you're not already following the podcast at Scrubs and Soy Sauce or our personal accounts at Mickey Rye and K3VMD, you will have the opportunity to submit questions for future episodes through there. So we'd appreciate it if you followed along. Yes, please give us some ideas. I guess let's start by talking about our situation. A little bit of context. I finished medical school about three years ago, and so I am a surgery resident, which means I work a decent amount of hours and I make a a living stipend, basically. So enough for me to live, pay rent, but nothing extraordinary. I think you make a decent amount, but most residents in the U.S. make between sixty to $80,000. Depending on where you live, though, that money can look very different. Yes. When we live in Seattle, so that's a major city and the cost of living is very high. You can also live in SF where it's even crazier. So I think we're kind of closer to middle to upper yeah. cost of living area in Seattle. Exactly. And a little bit more context. Uh, during medical school, you know, we had to pay about like $50,000 in tuition. And so there's, I still have a decent amount of student loans that are still needs to be taken care of. A six figure amount that will (laughs) need to be paid off at some point. So my situation, I have been working since I was 16, just minimum wage jobs, like $8 an hour, worked in a bakery, and then started doing more healthcare related jobs as I was gearing up for nursing school and getting ready to become a nurse. And I graduated in 2018 and have been working as a nurse since, but also make a lot of my money from being a content creator. So the money that I make is typically mostly from brand sponsorships. So basically brands will pay me a certain amount for a deliverable in exchange. And that's how I make money. You know, talking about finances is something that's not commonly done, I would say. I think it's one of the things that we keep private amongst, you know, ourselves, amongst our families, and amongst our friends. Yeah. And, but curiously, on the other aspect, it's something that a lot of people are curious to know how to manage as well as, you know, this is one of the topics that people really wanted to hear about when managing a relationship because I think it's one of the pitfalls as well as one of the places in which you can be successful Mm -hmm. in a relationship. I think financial transparency is really important, especially in the relationship. How open you want to be with friends or with family, I think that's a whole different story. The reason I talk about money so often is because I grew up around a family and extended family where we openly kind of discuss the business, the ins and outs. So it never felt unnormal to me to discuss those things. And I totally recognize that it can be a sensitive topic for a lot of people. I also recognize I have a lot of privilege, right? Like I've never worried about not having a roof over my head or food on the table. So I think the perspective is a little different. I mean, everybody has a different comfort level, comfort level and where they are in their life. And I think there's a lot of judgment, especially when it comes to money Mm -hmm. online. You know, people sit behind their phones, keyboards, keyboards, phones and screens and they say a bunch of things and it can be hurtful. There's a lot of comments like when we talked about finances, especially the ones that talked about how much doctors make versus nurses make, which were mm-hmm. not very serious. I mean, they're like just... They're like sore. fun videos that we make. We really yeah. don't think 
I think the best thing is for high schoolers and people just to know and see like, oh, those are what you would expect for this person to make. And some of the comments are like, oh, gold digger. I'm like, I've probably still net negative in my life in terms of how much money I've made versus how much money I've had to spend for tuition and things. So let's get down into the nitty gritties. How do we split the finances? Let's start with the things that take up the most amount of dollar dollars in terms of rent and housing. How do we think about that for us? So initially when I moved to Seattle, we pretty much, I would say, so the thing is Kevin and I never nickel and dime each other. So usually he will pay the full amount or I will pay the full amount. I would say it roughly evened out to us paying rent like every other month-ish. So it was essentially a 50-50 split. Yeah, but not really exact. I think the biggest issue was that I didn't have money to pay the deposit when I first moved to Seattle and the deposit was like the first and last month rent plus like an extra month of rent. So it was like our rent was pretty cheap. I think it was like Mm $1,500, $1,600. So the deposit was like $6,000. It wasn't that much. I want to say it was four or five. Okay. It was, it was a lot of money and I didn't really have, because I I hadn't started working yet. So I didn't have that money before I was just like in medical school. So Mickey, paid that and then i paid based on how much money i had in my bank account she would be nice to me you know like kevin do you have enough money in your bank account this month to pay for rent not giving me a hard time about it but yeah i mean i i really don't we don't think about it that carefully but if i ask kevin and he says that he doesn't have that much money in his bank then i'll just pay the rent it really did not matter that much to me i will say all the utilities because i was the one to set them up since you were so busy in residency i did pay for all of the utilities Mm -hmm. which came out to probably like a couple hundred three hundred a month yeah And then later on, we ended up buying a house. So the house is technically, it's technically my house. I really don't think of it that way. I really do think of it as our house. But if you're asking who's paying the mortgage, I am the one paying the mortgage. And I would say Kevin pays about one third of what I pay for the mortgage. I pay rent. And in addition to that, all the utilities are still under my name, which are now much more expensive because this is an actual home. Yes, but I am a very um, lawfully abiding tenant that does everything that you want me to do. Kevin will sometimes skip a couple of months and I know it's not from any sort of malice. Like you just oh, wow, sometimes wow, just wow. forget. I did pay the whole mortgage one month. You did? Yeah, when, when your bank uh, account wasn't working. Oh, when that's we were traveling. right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, you're It'll welcome. make up for the six months that you didn't <laughs> oh pay for it. The reason that this system is so floppy and flexible is because Kevin and I have the intention to remain together, right? So mm-hmm. I really do think of my money as our money. It's coming from the same pool, but my attitude would be very different if our relationship yeah. wasn't serious and I, I th- wasn't sure. Where it was going. I, to just put it into a bigger picture, our finances are like separate. Like we don't have like a joint bank account mm-hmm. or anything like that, um, which I think is fine. Mickey is definitely more financial savvy than me and has the interest to try to like organize all her money and I am less likely. So if I gave her permission to look at things, it, like, I wouldn't work, understand how money works as well. Uh-huh. Right. And so like having my own bank account and doing all that stuff is good for my own learning yeah. and for my own development. Totally. But just in terms of overall picture, just the logistics, like everything is separate. But we have the mindset of 
having things be together. How do we split food? I would say there's there's groceries and then there's dining out. So I think this comes into several buckets. And this is a kind of a lesson on maximizing your credit card points mm -hmm. as well. So in terms of most groceries, I tend to just pay for all the groceries since yes. I have a card that gives me 3% back. Mm -hmm. In most cases, I'm the one who likes to do the eating. So... I get to pick the food. Are you that saying we volume bring. wise, you're eating yeah. more? But if you have to order stuff from like we and things, then it's your account. But for the most part, we are yeah. also maximizing our credit yeah. card returns for, for getting groceries. I would say Kevin pays for all of the groceries we pay for in real life. Anything that's ordered online or a couple days delivery, I'll usually pay for those. Also, because I have affiliate credit from recommendations and from you guys. And so I will usually foot those. And then for dining out, this kind of varies because as a business owner, you can't expense a lot of meals if they are business related or if you're traveling. There was a time where I think I paid for like Ooh. nearly 100% of all of the food. It's not my intention to be resentful, but I think inevitably you feel a little bit resentful because I feel like, oh, you're my boyfriend. You should treat me to a nice meal here and there. So I- That was feedback that I received. Yeah, so I voiced my concerns to you, right? And I was like, hey, it would be nice if every once in a while you, I don't know, took me out I mean, or usually the default now for us is I- We'll try to pay for it unless Mickey's like, wait, just... I'll pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that system has worked a little mm -hmm. bit better for us. I think depending on how your relationship is, like sometimes if, if one person wants to go to this restaurant, like then that person who wanted to go to that restaurant should pay. Like I, there's a lot of ways in which you can make it healthy as long yeah. as you have like a good rule and good communication from that perspective. As long as you're on the same page. I yeah. will say that I, growing up in an Asian household, I always feel compelled to pay, but I don't think you should ever feel compelled to pay unless you genuinely want to pay and will not feel gross when they don't offer to split it with you or to get the next meal, right? There are certain friends that we've hung out with that every single time we offer to pay, they just, they don't offer, right? And then we end up paying the bill multiple, multiple, multiple times. But there's, and then, other, there's also other friends who are the other way around. Too, right, right, but and I'm just like, saying- oh my gosh, that's also annoying. But I'm just right. saying it's a, sometimes it's a cultural difference or a financial difference or whatever that is. If you're gonna feel that resentment, it's better just to not offer to pay. I have a specific scenario that somebody asked. Okay. Let's say you're getting a meal with somebody else Okay. But you only order like one <gasps> little thing, like a like some fries and, you know, maybe just a little something. And then yeah. the other person orders, you know, like a steak and then also orders a drink and they're like, oh, let's split the bill. What do you think about that? And how do you manage that situation? I've been in an instance where I went to get Japanese barbecue with somebody and I ordered one thing that was $13.99 and they ordered four platters of meat. I had maybe one or two pieces. I don't really like meat that much. So the bill was $100. When the waiter came, they were like, oh, how do you want to split this? And he said 50-50. And I never saw that friend again after oh. that, first of all. I think where I'm coming from is that if I were the other person, I would never make the other person split 50-50 with me. I think within a $10 range, it's okay. So I feel like I would never do that to somebody else. So why would somebody else have the audacity to do that to me? But I also don't have the balls to speak up and be like, I'm only going to pay so, for my portion. So it seems like the solution would be transparency, but there is just some awkward 
situations in which it's so awkward. hard to bring it up. Kevin would be, I would like, be like, "I'm. I only ordered one thing." Well, I mean, I think I would try to prevent that from happening. I would just eat fifty. <laughs> you would eat fifty dollars yeah. worth. But also, like, there's some intent, right? Like, if you had invited them to go to that restaurant or something, let's say you go to like a three Michelin star place and it's like three hundred fifty dollars, and then they invited you and they made the reservation. There's some expectation that they would pay, or you know what I mean, like the one three hundred fifty. Why would they pay for you? Okay. That's but so then you'd have to accept. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's some sort of expectation with who invited who to yeah. go to some places right well we talked about this the other day and similarly if somebody you know somebody's footing the bill or covering the bill let's say it's your birthday and you know they're taking you out is it rude to order the most expensive thing on the menu i think so i try not to so like for some examples i go out my attendings will take me out to food sometimes right and in those scenarios it's obviously known that your attending will like pay for your meal right like they're like oh let's go out to eat i'll usually just at most try to match whatever they order i see i tend to be like a little more shy in those cases about what to order like same i will never order the crab or the lobster or anything with expensive seafood on it i'll just order something in the mid-range sometimes if i were to actually go to that restaurant i would probably just order what i actually want to eat even if it was a bit more expensive it's a difficult dance sometimes you have to think about it more than you probably should and it probably doesn't matter (laughs) as much but as you think yeah but i think these are just some expectations that are society has placed on us but the food in the dining i think probably split it's a decent amount of money but it it doesn't like make or change any of the things that we do yeah i agree Uh, i think it's a little bit maybe different when we were in college when you know the food budget is an important part of what we do next topic is about travel travel so a lot of people really press when i shared how we split travel but i think i think this topic is a little bit unique just because of the profession that we are in so the way that we handle travel is that i will pay for all of the flights hotels activities accommodations anything that's kind of like a bigger expense on a credit card and kevin will pay for all of the land activities so basically land the food. or sea when yeah. we arrive there the the extraneous costs yes the right? food the tiny gift shop purchases all that kevin will cover a couple reasons why we do that is a lot of the times when we travel it's for work it's for work and also thanks to Mickey she plans most of these things since I'm busy or lazy or she doesn't trust me or <laughs> some other reason so it makes sense that she's picking all of those things yeah um, well number one I can expense it because again as a creator and running my own business a lot of the times we do these destinations and yes it is a vacation but it's also work where we're capturing moments we're capturing content doing studio shoots so I will do all the planning and subsequently pay for all of it as well and two if we were to plan a vacation and we plan to split it 50 50 the vacation would look very different oh, than the do you want to bring been. up do you want to bring up the point that i wanted to stay at this very nice establishment in hawaii and you're like it's like a one-star hotel but it looked very nice and it was very central it looked okay i was just a little concerned i just don't want bed bugs or any safety issues kevin and i are both not super bougie people we would never voluntarily stay at a five-star hotel and pay 
pay. Like we're not hotel snobs yeah. or flight snobs. We literally always book the cheapest getaway fare. I thought it would be nice for us to be upgraded. It would be nice. It would be nice. It might be nice. Mm-hmm. But on a residence budget versus yeah. on my budget, which looks a little bit different, if we did split it 50-50, we would have to remove some of the experiences. Yeah. And I don't feel like we need to do that just because I want to split it 50-50. I want you and I to both have a good time. Thank you. You're welcome. But we also have like similar priorities. I think this is important in a relationship where you guys prioritize the same thing. So like if someone loves to stay at the fancy hotels but don't care about food and other like experiences, it might be a little hard. But, you know, if you both have the same priorities, like we can skimp out on X, Y, and Z, but push out on Z, then it makes sense. Yeah, we are on the same page. So that Mm -hmm. works really well for us. We do the same thing for domestic trips versus international trips nothing the system doesn't really change yeah all right last big topic in terms of shopping extraneous expenses so this is like the clothes that we buy the things that we want to dog food dog food is not extraneous (laughs) that's an essential for him one of the biggest places that we buy stuff is amazon and i have an amazon credit card that gives me five percent back on Mm -hmm. all the purchases so oftentimes i'll just buy the stuff on amazon other times if we need to buy things that are a little bit bigger or is something that mickey wants she'll purchase it i think this category is pretty free flowing i think the one thing we can talk about is if i buy anything over like a hundred dollars we'll talk about it yeah i I think i don't know I, i don't think i have a rough number but roughly if it's something around that price we will talk about it or yeah. I'll mention it. I think you'll mention it if it's something that you probably don't need. But if it's something that you know we need, you will just buy it. We don't yeah. really talk about so it. So like if I just bought an external hard drive yesterday, right? since we need more storage to store things. And that was a little bit yeah, over $100. And I guess we talked about it. God, you never told yeah. me that you ordered it. Thank uh, you for doing that. Yes. That's awesome. I wouldn't have done it. So I would say shopping clothes wise and accessories and all that kind of stuff, I do pay for for the both of us. Well, I don't really buy it. Well, I think you I, also don't know what you want. So I, I will take really you shopping. I'm like, hey, can I have this? and then and i'll be like no that's not what you want like this is what you want yeah we just try to keep it to like neutral palettes nothing too vibrant or yeah i've been um spending a little more time at lululemon which is very very expensive but um, a lululemon i would say is the most expensive clothing i've ever purchased in my life cost per if you go on reddit there's a lot of pages on price per wear there's different calculations in which you can look at how much something costs right it's like if you buy something like a 20 dollar pair of pants that you don't like you're Mm -hmm. never going to wear it then your cost per wear is going to be 20 dollars. that's true but i think you can also probably Mm -hmm. find the same thing for more affordable it might just be a little bit more difficult to find yeah would you buy lululemon for yourself yeah you would pay for lululemon i think so I swear every time we go to Lulu, it's like four or 500 bucks, which is absurd. Yeah. I can list all the things I own from Lululemon like right now. Like I know exactly. I have two shirts, one jacket and four pants. I don't think yeah. I would be able to do that for other pieces of clothing. Yeah. I have a very like distinct track of what I own from there because the, it's expensive. And I would say you do deeply appreciate everything that we add to your wardrobe. So it makes me feel good when 
we get you nice things too. Yeah. You have too many things in your wardrobe. I, on the other hand, do get sent a lot of stuff, which I'm incredibly grateful for. So I do feel like my clothing expenses are often lower than they might be for a typical person. But also, I actually do not enjoy the idea or concept of shopping. Like going and trying things. I hate trying things on. It is my, oh my least gosh. favorite thing to do. I just don't like doing it. So I typically will just wear the same thing over and over and over again, even if I get new clothes. And so I would say compared to the average woman, I spend way less money on retail purchases. So this system obviously again only works because we are in a committed long-term relationship where hopefully we will end up together forever. Forever. Let's say this wasn't the case and there was still some question about whether or not we were going to remain together. Would we split things 50-50? I think we would track things a little bit more carefully. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what the numbers would turn out if we actually like dollar by dollar split things apart mm -hmm. kind of the general theme of what we do is we just assign things categories to the person yeah and then they pay for them it would vary month to month but i would say like you're still paying probably like 70 80 percent so kevin and my income right now obviously there's a big disparity mm -hmm. between the two of us and a lot of people ask if one person makes more let's say one person makes 70 percent of the income and the other person only makes 30 should the expenses also be split 70 30 and i have an opinion that i think might be a little controversial i think you shouldn't require the other person just because they make more to also pay more unless they genuinely want to and you would hope that they want to you should still be able to have the option to split it 50 50 yeah i think i agree i think i would frame it in this way i think it depends on what socioeconomic like if you're both trying to make ends meet or you're both working paycheck to paycheck then maybe perhaps every dollar counts mm -hmm. and try to split that way but if you both have like a little bit of disposable income like let's say you both make a hundred thousand yeah. dollars each right like you're going to be putting money towards savings anyways right for all the amount of dollars that you're spending just to live then like it's not going to reach that amount it's probably okay to split I certainly like don't think you should be obligated to pay more, but if you want to and you feel like you have a future with this person, I think you'll naturally feel yeah. inclined to want to help and support them. If you want to go back, we didn't really talk about one last category of things is savings and retirements and all those like investments. So the way that our system runs is that I am personally maxing out my retirement accounts every year because that's what we can do to Retire plan for future yes and i tell kevin that in the same way he should prioritize that over paying for any of the expenses whether it's rent whether it's food anything like i want him to contribute fully to his retirement before we worry about any of the extraneous costs so mm -hmm. that is automatically deducted from your paycheck yes. right so my work gives me a 401 or 403b that's matched at five percent right. maxing out the six thousand for the roth mm -hmm. there's like a twenty thousand dollar limit I think 20,500 20,000 20, yeah. see look at this pro yes so we always make sure Kevin is set up for success to reach all of that and that's why in some instances when you have less money in your bank account and you aren't able to pay for let's say like the food or the rent or something it's never a big deal yeah to also build momentum. I'm currently not paying any student loan 
money yes. right now because it's paused. So I think things will things might change once yes. August rolls around. I did write you a little plan for how to pay off your student loans, oh, though. Great. Remember, we came up with a little plan for how much you need to be contributing each month. Oh yes, it's quite a lot of money, actually. I think we're gonna readdress it once we get closer to that date. But the freeze has yeah. been really, really helpful. The other thing is that. We tried to set Kevin up for success. I would say in comparison, my family was a, a bit more financially savvy. They had a bit more knowledge. And so I was able to pick up a little bit more from them. So what feels a little bit more basic, like making sure your money is in a high yield savings account and setting up your retirement accounts, those are really hard things to learn as a first time adult with your first job. And so if you have a partner who is able to kind of teach and guide you through that, I think yeah. it's really helpful. I've gotten a little bit more tech savvy. I mean, there's companies out there now that are more friendly with managing all of that. Mm -hmm. So, and I certainly have less than $250,000. So this bank will You're not- You're FDIC insured. I, I'm insured <laughs> under that amount. All right, let's get to some of the more specific questions that people had. This is a girl and she is in medical school. And then she has a boyfriend that has a full-time job. How do you go about managing that? So just in context- medical school you're net negative ne negative and you're taking loans for your not only just not only for tuition but also for your living expenses and you have no time to make money on the side because it's yeah. a full-time job being in medical school obviously it depends how serious the relationship is and if they intend to continue to be together i think that's the biggest factor but based on his comfort level of how much he's willing to split that's what would be the determining factor, right? But do you think that hit the level of how much he decides to share his finances related to how much he likes you? Yes, I do think there's a correlation. It might not be a so direct correlation, but there's definitely a correlation. But it also depends on his financial situation. Like if he's loaded, why not? But what if he's just like, you know, a normal guy, normal guy making a decent But then wage, again, but okay, being generous and being wealthy are two different things. There are people who are not wealthy at all that are so generous and people who are wealthy as heck. And I just mean, it's won't. hard to separate love and finances. Let, let's put it this way. If I was the girl and he wanted to pay for all of the food and wanted to pay for all of our expenses and vacations, I wouldn't have anything against it. And I don't think he would either. Yeah, but would what about agree? the other way? What if they were like, we should split things? I think that's fine. I think you need to respect that person's decisions. Okay. Whether or not that affects the way that you perceive them might be different because the idea is that the person that you love should be with you through thick and thin, right? And when you're doing less well, they should kind of support and help you. And when it's the opposite way around, especially if you would do the same for the other person, you would expect them to give a little bit more, I guess. If you look at a graph of how it works, I think in the beginning of the relationship, that it's okay if it's like more unfair. 50 50? No, unfair. Oh, unfair. I think if you're going on a first date or a second date, then you know the guy can pay for it. It's okay to spend a little bit of money like if, okay. to get to know this person. Yeah. But once you're kind of in the middle grayish area, you're like getting in a relationship and getting serious. Okay. That's the gray area that you're not sure if this person is the one that's meant for me. I'm spending a lot of time and money with this person. Then how do you balance that? And then, then you get back to the point where you know you guys are comfortable with each other and like whatever your mm -hmm. money is my money. So I think there's that dangerous middle portion of in general, like generosity goes a long ways, mm -hmm. but you just kind of have to talk about it, right? Like I think yeah. on both sides, like if you are the one getting the advantage, right? The financial benefit. Yeah. You also feel bad. On the other side, like you're giving and that's great and all that, but it should be fair in some ways. Do you think it's a manly thing to pay for the bill? I guess so. Yes. Kevin's all think... about the equality from both I sides. Mean, I, <laughs> I mean, 
paying for things is like a sign that you care about the other person in some ways, right? I don't think it's a manly thing. I think it's a sign of respect and care. I think if a man did not offer to pay for the first date, that would be the biggest red flag. You think so? Yeah. Because if you asked me on a date... What if the girl asked? I'm not sure. I haven't personally been in that situation, but I think I'd be more inclined to split it if I was the one to ask. Interesting. I still believe in chivalry, and I think it's a really nice gesture to offer to pay what you decide to do after the first date, of course, like up Mm -hmm. to you guys. But it's a sign of respect. It's a sign that I respect your time and appreciate you, you know? I have an interesting personal story. I don't know if I should share this. Go ahead. In medical school, I went very early on. I think it was like second or first year. Mm-hmm. I went on a date with the wonderful lady who was in the tech industry. Mm-hmm. So she definitely made more money than me. We went on a date and I paid for the first meal. And she was like, oh, great. You passed the test. I mean, like, I know you're in medical school. Like, I can, don't worry, like, about stuff if we go on another date. Like, okay. I can pay for things. To that person, me being able to show that I, like, I was willing to pay for yeah, the first Yeah, it's the intention. Meal. And then apparently after that, it didn't matter as much as all. Okay, we're pulling up some questions from Instagram. Would you guys ever have a joint account? So we don't currently have one as we've discussed. I think there are some instances where it can make sense for a couple to both contribute to a fund. Let's say you're planning for a big vacation or a wedding and making sure that you're kind of splitting things evenly. I don't think it's a bad idea. I would certainly keep some of your money separate. I think that's a biggest lesson. You always want to have your own money to make your own financial decisions and have control with that aspect. And it doesn't worst mean case we're not scenario, sharing our money, right? Like, yeah. In yeah. a worst case scenario, when things don't end well, it's also much easier to know whose money is whose. I don't think we would probably ever have a joint account just because... I mean, if we end up having a kid or something, if they need like an account or maybe. something. Maybe. But again, but... we split things. Like I'll pay for the whole thing and you'll pay for the whole thing. We never split something down the line yeah. 50-50. Kevin and I have never Venmo charged each other except when we first met. Kevin Venmo charged me. You gave me $100 on Venmo recently. I did because you. you got second place at your poster competition and first place got $50 and second place didn't get anything. So I, I can sp- put it on my resume. I wanted you to feel proud. So I sent you 100. Thank you. Ooh, how to split finances when your partner has been unemployed for a year. Why are they unemployed for a year? That is a great question. Although the um, times are really tough right now. And you're in a relationship. You want to support each other, right? Like as long as they're not literally just lying there doing nothing and yeah. smooching off of you. I don't want to enable bad behavior. So if paying for stuff is going to enable them to do nothing, I will not pay. But if they're clearly actively searching and trying, I'm more than happy to help. But also if they're unemployed, they probably have unemployment money. So it's not like they have zero funds. Yeah. And also if they have more time and you know, mm-hmm. cleaning the house, cooking food, or like doing other self-care things for the two of you then yeah right do you have a joint credit card yes well you have a business credit card yes and kevin is an authorized user on two of my cards two of my cards you're an authorized user on one of my cards i've never used that card before (laughs) you have the opportunity to use it (laughs) thank you thank you you're the welcome do you pay kevin for being in the videos kind of Indirectly. Yes. Actually, directly sometimes too. Yeah. I don't do a specific revenue split with Kevin where it's like, oh, Kevin earns X percent of... But I have a... I earn, but... I have a, I have a managing stake partner in the Mickey Media. Yeah. Kevin is on salary and I do give you lump sums for specific purposes when you need them. Yes. Do you or Kevin give money to your family 
And how would you feel about the other partner doing something like that? Our parents are still both pretty young and <laughs> able body, able body and financially fine. But there yeah. may come to a time where that might not be the case in the future, mm-hmm. potentially. I think we're, you know, we're both pretty independent people. Like, I, I think if you want to send money to your parents, like, they're your most important. Like, they're your family members. That's, like, fine. I do send money to my parents every month. I think it's very normal in Asian families to do so. It's not a crazy significant amount, and they certainly cannot live off of it. It's just, like, fun money, basically, and it's a sign of respect, I think. It's like, that. hey, we are alive, and... Uh... Yeah, like, you raised me for, you know, 20, 25 years now, and it's a tiny gesture that is obviously pale in comparison to what they have done for me but my mom my mom did a little brain training since I was young like oh every month you want to send this amount of money to mom and this amount of money to dad and that is exactly the amount that I send them good job you're a great daughter I send it to them on Venmo sometimes I'll forget and they'll charge me my family I think they know that I'm still working on it working on it I think they hope that in the future if something doesn't go well with them that I will take care of them and we're very lucky our parents are pretty savvy and trying to say for their retirement yeah. and making sure that they are set up well but obviously things come up and if things change we're not gonna like refuse we'll to help about, either yeah. set of parents mm-hmm. right i don't know if we have a right answer about this but like how do we get to a point where we're comfortable talking about these finances how do you go about bringing this up with your partner like, i talked to so many friends who have been in relationships for years and they have no idea even a ballpark range of how much money their partner makes which seems a little absurd to me just because i I guess I'm failing to understand it would be very difficult to plan things like vacations or trips without having a full financial picture. But I think if it's something that's a little bit more sensitive or more difficult to bring up, instead of giving specific figures or specific numbers, maybe more just general big picture. If you imagine the whole concept of budgeting, especially if you end up living together, you need an input money and an output money under the budget. Yeah. Like, right? It's hard to not know how much money that they make yeah. if you plan on budgeting together. And budgeting together is one of the most important parts of you know having a successful relationship. Yeah. I think just making it part of what you discuss normally is important. Like It's just like a given. I think the most important thing about finances is making sure you're on the same page. You can both be super frugal and that works great. You can both spend a lot and maybe that works great for you guys. But the worst thing is when you guys are not on the same page and one person's here the other person's there and there's different reasons for that right like for example like if one person is like oh my god this guy is so frugal and he works like a very nice job and maybe his goal is i want to retire at like 40 i'm literally saving every dollar right now that's why i'm literally eating cup noodles cup noodles every day yeah until then and then somebody else should be like oh well well i'm probably just gonna die at 50 i'm peaced out i'm just gonna spend every dollar those two people are probably not compatible to be partners yes agreed because money as much as i hate that it is like this money is every day you deal with it every single day and you can't avoid it i think the concept of a breadwinner or bread making kind of a old concept from when bread was the important you know when you make Kevin's bread pulling this out of his butt i don't like the fact that people often associate you know someone as the breadwinner mm-hmm. of the family because there's so many different aspects of what you do that you can contribute to a family or relationship there's different ways to contribute to society and it's not all financial so that brings me to a point where there's a lot of sexism i feel mm-hmm. in, the, in this topic like 
if I talk about finances of Graham Stephan or some white man steps up on YouTube or on some platform and starts talking, then it's much more easy for us. It's to socially acceptable. So acceptable, right? Like it just dissects other people's dollar amounts and things like that. And there's mm -hmm. no there's no questioning or anything about that. But if uh, if a woman or a girl or somebody of color talks about it, then it often becomes less suddenly given. i'm like defending something yeah. or like how could i know anything about the topic and it, it could be it could be both ways why isn't she making as much as the other person or the other way around where it's like why are you talking about this like what? or there's no way that you make more than yeah you know whatever man that you're with so there's a lot of assumptions i guess that are unhealthy when it comes to being in this field and i think that has happened to us a decent amount there's a lot of comments especially on the TikTok and Reels where we do talk about finances and it's kind of in a light, fluffy way. We talk about, oh, how much do pharmacists make? How much do doctors make? How much do residents make? How much do nurses make? And it's not, I mean, these are facts or these are just rough estimates and it's yeah. helpful for some people who are you know, in high school or trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, yeah. how much money things make. And it's interesting to talk about. That's why it gets a lot of so traction. Yeah. Um, and however, like people are calling Mickey still a gold digger which makes no sense because what gold is she digging i think it's hard because then when i try to defend myself and say that i'm not a gold digger then people are like oh you'll be digging gold in the future or you know <sighs> she's oh, a gold I'm a, speculator <laughs> i'm a gold speculator like the only reason you're with me is because of my money now or the only reason i'm with you is for your future money Obviously, as it currently stands, I am the quote unquote breadwinner of the family. And in the future, who do you think will be the breadwinner? I could make some bread. In order to be in a relationship, you have to have future goals and you have to have a vision of what your future would yeah. can look like and will look like. Right now, Mickey's bearing the burden of, you know, the house mortgage and all these things. And, you know, we're that's okay with both of us. And we both understand that there is some hope in the future that, you know, We'll get married, we'll have kids, and then that may slow Mickey down or she can take a break. Her priorities may change, right? Yeah. That may be focused less on, you know, being a nurse and making money and doing all these other things. I guess I'd just like to put this out there that there's a possibility for either of us to be the breadwinner. We were not in the olden society, only one of us works. Right? We're both very well educated, I would say. We're both, we both want to work. We both want to yeah like contribute to society so it's not like one person putting bread my bread might be a little bit smaller right now like it's a tiny piece of like baguette or something and yours might be like a giant loaf of whatever and that can <gasps> like can change like can be a croissant or yeah. something but i think we're on the same page and yeah obviously we'll feel a lot more safe when you become an attending and you have a nice stable cush job certainly would relieve a lot of the stress that i think i feel mm -hmm. now yeah, I think there's a lot of TV shows and things like that that portray kind of doctors and nurses. But I think also some of that stuff can be a little bit dangerous in providing some, you know, stereotypes that are not actually what happens in reality. I am Mr. Dr. McDreamy, though, right? Yes, you're my McDreamy. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it wasn't too invasive or too crazy. It honestly doesn't really make us very uncomfortable talking about things. And so we hope that if you are in a similar situation, you have the courage to bring up some of the harder topics to discuss. And our DMs, our messages are always open. Feel free to slide in and ask us anything. Make sure you give us five stars on Spotify and Apple. It would mean the world to us. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.